Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. You know, the Lord began to deal with me today. Uh, After the message, we're going to have communion, the Lord's Supper. I know we usually have that the first Sunday of every month, and, uh, but the Lord really began to deal with me to, uh, to, to do that today and to do some uh, teaching this morning on the body of the Lord, the body of the Lord. And uh, let's go to the book of Luke chapter 22. You know, in, in the church, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, in, you know, I say our circles, but just in the church, in general, uh, we have ordinances of the church, and, and the two main ordinances, of course, in the church are water baptism and the Lord's Supper. All right, these are ordinances of the church. What, what does that mean? These are things that we were commanded to do. All right, they're not they're not things that we just decided to do. It's it's what Jesus ordained that the church that bears His name should do. You know, there's there's no if we could say this. There's no uh, uh, efficacy in baptism or the Lord's Supper, meaning that baptism won't save you. Uh, partaking of communion won't save you. All right? There, there are people and, and denominations that believe that when you're baptized, you're saved. Well, you're not. I mean, because, because you, you can go down a wet center and come up a wet center. What saves you is that you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus was Lord. And then baptism is that ordinance of the church that sets you apart. And it says, this is my public declaration that I have chosen to follow Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Now, the other ordinance, main ordinance, is the communion table, the Lord's Supper. Now, there are, there are denominations that believe that when you partake of the Lord's Supper that you're born again. Uh, they believe the bread actually turns into the body of Christ and, and that the blood actually turns, or the, the wine, the juice actually turns into his blood. And we're not, we're not running anybody down, but I'm saying scripturally that's incorrect. Right? That, 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 that's incorrect. Uh, you, you can partake today, and however you view what you're partaking of, it can be just a wafer and some juice, or it can be an ordinance of the church. It can be something that Jesus commanded us to do. Or you can rightly discern it spiritually, that it is spiritually the Lord's body. Oh, hallelujah. This is so important. You know, I've been teaching on Wednesday nights on doctrine, on sound doctrine. And I'm so glad I, I talked about being Pentecostal. I'm so glad. I, now, I was raised, I was raised, uh, uh, I probably shouldn't tell you all some of this, but uh, I, I was raised apostolic. I mean, I was raised Pentecostal. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm talking hair bun Pentecostal, no makeup Pentecostal. I mean, you couldn't wear a tie tack. They, we didn't wear wedding rings, watches, nothing. All right? Uh, Uber Pentecostal. All right? And uh, uh, hallelujah. But uh, 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 as, as we grew, of course, 
uh, uh, my dad, thank God, he was a minister my whole life and ministered up till he went home to be with the Lord. But uh, he saw where some of that was, was incorrect. We never quit being Pentecostal. Uh, we just became the Assemblies of God brand. Amen. And, uh, and thank God for the Assemblies. Amen. Because I'll tell you the truth. In the Assemblies of God is where a lot of my doctrinal foundation was formed. Amen. In, 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 in the Pentecostal church that I was raised up in from my birth, we had, boy, we had preachers. I mean, still got preachers in that denomination. I mean, preach the paint off the wall, the carpet off the, off the floor, and then repaint the wall and re-carpet the floor. It just preach, 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 good preachers, good preachers. But when, 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 when we started going to the Assemblies of God church, is when we really got, you know, the pastor tended to teach more and teach doctrine. And, and, and we got, right? And, and I'm not saying that, 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 that they were perfect or that we were perfect, but I got a foundation of doctrine. And what you see a lot in the church today is that people's doctrine is shifty. And if the doctrine is shifty, then the, the, the relevance of the message is shaky because it's built on doctrine. And, and I'm not teaching on doctrine, but I'm saying I thank God for my, for, my, for my heritage. Anybody in here, you were raised Baptist? Anybody? Thank God for the Baptist. Amen. I'm telling you, here's what you got in the Baptist church. Good foundation of doctrine. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You got good doctrine. And, and, and then when God was able to add the moving of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, my Lord, you just went up another notch. But your, your doctrine was always good. Aren't you glad for that? And so I, I was glad, you know, that, that I learned that at an early age. It helped me understand some things. I, I was... I was uh, talking with a minister one time and the more I talked to him the more I saw his his doctrine's just shaky you know you don't get off if your doctrine is strong and sound and so in Luke 22 Jesus says something remember we said that the Lord's Supper was a commandment of the Lord Luke 22 and verse 19, and he, Jesus, took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. So no, notice what he said. He didn't say, you know, you can if you want. He said, no, do this, do this in remembrance of me. So it's something that he instructs us to do. So it's not just something we do at the first of, of every month. That's why, you know, there are churches that have communion every Sunday. I, I never wanted to have it every Sunday because I didn't want it to lose its relevance. I didn't want it to lose its, its, its uh, uh, punch, if you will. I want us to understand that when we come around the Lord's Supper table, that this is something that's so important that Jesus instructed us to regularly do it. Amen. Now, in Matthew 28, 
Matthew 28 and uh, verse 19. Jesus said, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That's not what I'm teaching on, but notice, right there is a command from Jesus. Go baptize. Go teach and baptize. Hallelujah. So while baptism won't save you, if I don't do it, I'm not doing something Jesus said to do. Hallelujah. Have you ever heard somebody say something? They'll go, well, you know, that's an ob- you know that, that, that's a sweet child. They just, they don't do what they're told sometimes. Uh, really? How sweet are they if they won't do what they're told? Amen. Teaching them, verse 20, to observe all things that I've commanded you. So notice, teach them to observe all that he commanded. And he said, regularly partake of this cup and this bread in remembrance of me. So again, communion is an ordinance of the church. It's not just something that... that, that is part of our denominational structure or part of what we believe theologically. It's a commandment of the church. It's a command to the church. Now, let's go over to 1 Corinthians. This is where we'll spend the bulk of our time this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Michelle and I have been praying for, uh, I don't know how long, just about unity. Unity in the body, unity in the churches, unity in the fellowship. And uh, here in 1 Corinthians, Paul, of course, is, is writing to the church there at Corinth. And uh, he says, beginning in verse 10, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. For it's been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the household of Chloe, that there are contentions or wranglings or arguing among you. Now this I say, every one of you that saith, I am of Paul, and I have Apollos, and I'm of Cephas, and I'm of Christ, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Now notice, he said, I don't want there to be any divisions, any schisms, all right, fractures in the body. And he says, it's been reported or declared that there are contentions, there are wranglings, there's arguing, all right? Now, I want to make it clear from the very beginning, I'm not preaching this because something is going on. I want us to see from the word about what he says, how, how, how a right understanding of the body of Christ produces victory, all right? He says, he says that there are divisions or there's schisms, there's chasms, all right, in, in the body. And he said, I don't want those divisions. And then he said there are contentions, there are wranglings, there are arguings among you. And and what was the wranglings or the arguing? Some were saying, well, I'm of Paul. 
And the other one said, well, I'm of Apollos. And then one said, I'm of Peter or Cephas. And then the real spiritual one said, well, I'm of Christ. Now, now understand, we're all of Christ. But in this context, he's saying, y'all are arguing about it. Well, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. Oh, well, yo, yeah, well, I'm of Christ. And he said, that's a division. That, that's wrangling. That's an argument. And he says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? He's trying to get him to understand something. Christ is not divided. It, it doesn't matter your background here this morning. Christ is not divided. We, we've already seen some of us were Pentecostal. Some of us were Baptist. Some of us might have been Church of Christ or Presbyterian. Some of y'all might have been nothing, just sinner. But Christ is not divided. There's not one part of the body for the Baptist and one part for the Pentecost, and we got to have a whole bunch more for the sinner. It's Christ is not divided. Christ is one. Hallelujah. And, and he's saying these wranglings, these arguments, they're going to cause you a problem. All right? That, 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 that a lack of unity will always cause a problem. And the main problem it causes is that you can't pull in full strength the same way when there's a lack of unity. There's got to be a pull of every person the same direction. Oh, hallelujah. Now notice uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 1. So he says the first problem that we have is there are divisions. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, verse 1, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Now, we're going to read some more here, but notice the first thing he says to them is, uh, I can't speak to you like spiritual folks because you're carnal. Now, we know this was a church that the Holy Spirit moved regularly. I mean, they had, they had so much prophesying and words of wisdom and words of knowledge that Paul had to tell them, y'all need to quiet down. Right? But yet, he says, there's things I can't do because there's carnality. Do, do you see that? The, that is a misnomer, should be a misnomer in Christian circles. It's a misnomer to say a carnal Christian. Hallelujah. Because carnality is not what we're pushing for. Carnality, the word carnality, it means fleshly. It means flesh ruled. All right? Now, that doesn't mean that person's not saved, but the flesh should never have the ascendancy. My flesh should not have the ascendancy in my life. My, my flesh should not be able to get offended whenever it wants. My, my flesh should not be able to get angry and upset whenever it feels like it. Amen. Now, I'm not preaching on offense or anything of that nature. I'm saying this is part of this carnality. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? 
And uh, I remember one time, I remember one time I, <laughs> we had an uh, 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 event at the church and uh, we, were, uh, uh, we were showing, it was years ago, and we were showing the movie uh, that Brother Copeland put out called uh, Judgment, The Trial of Commander Kelly. And we, we had a big outreach to all the kids in the, in the neighborhood. And, and the church was just full of families. And, and we had a carnival out back and, and just had a lot going on. And uh, so we were selling these shirts. They, they had caps and, and shirts that went with it. And, and so we were selling them, making them available if you wanted it. And uh, we had a, uh, like a, a container of them up here uh, in the front of the church. And people came up and, and were pulling out their money to buy. And oh my goodness, there was a, a dear person there. Now she's changed, but there was a dear person there. And it just, it just freaked her out. And she just came and grabbed the container and ran to the back of the church, out the back door. We, we, can't, we can't be uh, 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 money changing in the sanctuary. We, we can't be money changers. Right? Well, now, 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 now see, See, that, that, that was a misunderstanding. But, but here's the point. What, what had to happen was there had to be a level of maturity there. I, I've got to mature past this carnality stage. Oh, hallelujah. He says, there's things, notice, I could not speak to you. Because of carnality. In other words, there's a level here that I want you to get to, but I can't get you there as long as there's this carnality that's manifesting itself in divisions and factions and wranglings and arguings. Amen. Verse 2, I fed you with milk, not with meat, for hitherto you're not able to bear it, and neither yet are you able. Why? You're yet carnal. How do, how do we know? Paul, because there's among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as mere men? While one says, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but who? Now notice, God gave the increase. God gave the increase. So this carnality because of divisions, because of factions, these things were evidence of this carnality. Amen. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 11. I'm just kind of setting the stage for you. This is what he's dealing with. All right? He, he says in, in the first chapter, uh, there's divisions, there's factions. He says in the third chapter, uh, there's, there's things that you're doing that are carnal. And there's things I can't, we, we never as a church, we never want to be in a position that there's things God can't move us into because of carnality. Hallelujah. We, 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 we don't want that in, in the church. All right, we, we, we don't want that division, ever what it may be. Amen. Because those are the things, those are the, carnality is not your flow. Because you're spiritual people. 
I've had people ask me, why don't you watch the news? I'll give you two real good reasons. Number one, that's not my flow. That's, that's all a natural flow. I flow in the spirit. Number two, real good reason. I don't believe them. I just don't believe it. I, I've been lied to too much by them to believe them. <laughs> that's just my opinion. You don't have to do what I do. But, but do you understand that? Carnality is not our flow. Hallelujah. Uh, well, let's look at this. Verse 17. Now, in this, Paul says, that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Now, they're coming together first of all, for what they would call a love feast. And it's, it's, it's a, a big get-together, big dinner. And he says, you're coming together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. Now, remember, you come together in the church for this meal, for this dinner. And he said, I hear that there's divisions, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies. Now, here's the word, sects, S-E-C-T-S, sext. Or we could say it better this way, clicks. There must be clicks among you. Now, this is interesting because he says there must be then he says that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Well, what does that mean? Kind of blind to us in the King James. Let's look at it in the Amplified Bible because I'll tell you what he's saying. This is so important. Hallelujah. I'm, get, I'm getting you to the meat of this. We, we got we to wade through the shallows first. Amen. He says here concerning this, there has to be heresies among you that they which are approved would be made manifest. Hallelujah. Now, what he's saying ultimately here is this, is that there has to be these uh, people that are doing wrong. And he says, so that the ones, notice, there have to be factions or parties among you in order that they who are genuine and of approved fitness may become evident and plainly recognized among you. So he's saying, here's the deal. Those folks that aren't part of the clique and aren't part of the sect, those are the real believers because they're not causing the division. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? Church is not clicky. Church is not factionized. In other words, I can fellowship with everybody. I'll just have my click. Right? Paul said, Paul said, spiritual people don't get involved in that. Amen. I've had people in church before come and say, uh, well, pastor, you reckon that guy will fit in with us? What do you mean by that? Why would they not fit in? Well, you know, he don't believe like us. Well, you didn't believe like us when you came here either. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Hallelujah. I, I, I remember one time we had, we had a person come to the church, and I was preaching on us being the righteousness of God in Christ, and I was just letting it fly. And they sit on the back row, and we're looking at everybody. And, and here's what they told me later. They said, they said, am I the only one here that thinks he's just a little full of himself? Talking about how we're the righteousness of God in Christ. And she said, but I went home and got my Bible out and went over the scriptures that he went over, that you went over. And lo and behold, found out that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. By the time she come back to church the next week, she believed like we believe. Amen. I've got, I've got a couple in the church that, uh, 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 that when they came to church, they were, they were Baptists. They didn't believe in speaking in tongues. They had never been taught about tongues. And uh, uh, they were looking for a church. And a friend of theirs was charismatic and had been uh, 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 affected greatly by Brother Copeland's ministry. And she said, well, let me see if I can help you find a church. And she went and, and, and uh, put the information in, in the computer. And uh, it brought back our church in DeSoto there in Kansas as a partner with Brother Copeland and, and a church in another part of the county. And uh, they got up one morning and they decided they were going to go to the other church because it was closer. But on the way there, they said, we just kept having this drawing that we needed to reverse course and go to DeSoto for whatever reason. Well, they, they came. This, this man's on my board today. They, they, came, to, they came to the church, and uh, they came in. It was Sunday morning, and they were sitting there, you know, just enjoying the service. And I said, let's everybody just stand up. Let's lift our hands and pray in the Holy Ghost. I do that quite often. I said, you know, now if, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, just, just enjoy the presence of the Lord. And they said, we stood up and we, we didn't know what was going on. But here's what both of them said. They said, but right here, we knew this was right. Well, it's just a couple weeks later, they were filled with the Holy Spirit speaking with other tongues. Now, now what I'm saying is, notice, there, there's two instances there. Is that they did not decide, I don't fit in. Because I don't see this like they see it. They decided if I sense that it's correct in my spirit, I'm going to stay with it. Because there's the answer here. Amen. Hallelujah. When, when you hear something you've never heard before, or you see something you've never seen before, don't be so quick just to throw it out the door because you don't have the experience with that that somebody else had. You'll, you'll miss something. You'll, I say, you'll miss something. And he said, he said that the ones that aren't getting involved in these divisions, those are the believers that are mature. Do, do you see that? That doesn't mean you can't have friends and you can't get together and have get-togethers and go to, you, you understand what I mean. But divisions, oh, Glory. He said, when you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Now, he's saying, when y'all get together for this feast, it's not the Lord's Supper you're eating. And then he says, why? For in eating, everyone taketh before his own supper. And one is hungry, and another's drunk. Hmm. 
What? Have you not houses to eat and drink in or despise you the church of God? And notice, shame them that have not. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. So notice what he's saying. Here's, here's the essence of what he's saying. You're coming together for this banquet, and it's not the Lord's Supper. And he's saying, here's why. Because y'all are eating, and those of you that are wealthy enough to have plenty of money, you're showing up early to the feast, and you got all this food, and you're gorging yourself. And there's folks here that can't afford and don't have any money, and you're not worried about them. You see this? Uh, do you think that might cause a division? Amen. Well, but pastor, it's just food. Well, we could put that label on anything. Right? How, how would people, you know, I've had people before that would come up and tell me they're offended. How would they have felt if I'd say, well, that's just your opinion? Now, I, I got to live, maybe that was, maybe I should have said that. But, but the, the point is, is, you know, I got to listen. Okay, what's the issue here? I don't know who I'm dealing with. I don't know what they know. I don't know where they're at. Uh, spiritually where they're at maturity mature maturity wise amen you you got to be very careful that you're not putting what you know above love you got to be careful that you're not working your knowledge above love you understand what i mean by that remember when paul was writing and he he wrote to this church again and he said, there are those of y'all that are causing people to stumble. And he said, the reason you're causing people to stumble is you're going and you're buying this meat that was offered to idols. And he said, here's what you say. Well, an idol's nothing. And he said, great, you understand that. But your immature brother doesn't understand that. And he said, because of that, you're causing your brother to fall. In other words, he's saying, love your brother above your knowledge. That keeps disunity out of the church. Amen. If, if, if you want to eat that meat, then you buy it and take it home. Don't try to convince your brother to eat it. That's a weak brother. In this room today, we have varying levels of spiritual maturity. If you're spiritually mature or more spiritually mature, then you're looking out for the needs and for, and for, the, and for the, uh, uh, the needs of those people that are not as spiritually mature as you are. We're not trying to show how much we know. We're trying to make sure that we all get it. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Amen. Hallelujah. I remember one time, there was a, a young man that had just got saved. And uh, we were, we were kind of discipling him uh, when uh, uh, we lived in Nashville. And we were down, we had went down to the shop that I worked at at the time. And uh, we were walking through there. And one of the brothers, Christian brothers, mentioned that he was going to rent pay-per-view uh, a boxing match. Now, I'm not a boxing enthusiast. If you are, uh, that's your business. I'm not. But here's, so, so I'm not going to waste my money on buying a pay-per-view boxing match. But here, here's, here's the thing. Uh, this young man just stopped and looked at that guy and said, why would a Christian want to watch boxing? Now, I'm not preaching against boxing. I'm saying he, he's a young believer, Right? Well, the man's response was not right. 
It's just kind of like, well, you know, come on, man, get a grip. Well, it's a new believer. He's, he's getting away from everything of the world, thank God. Right? That man's knowledge, right, should have been overcome by his love. Do you see that? Oh, hallelujah. And, and we, we got to be cautious with that. And so Paul says, notice, he says there are people that don't have. Isn't that right? One is hungry. In other words, one doesn't have, so they're hungry. And the other one has so much, he's getting drunk. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And he said, I don't praise you in this. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? He said there are heresies. He mentioned the word heresies. And we talked about that. Sex. Clicks. Paul says you're not considering those who don't have. And notice what he says. By doing that, you're despising the church of God. Now, this can go any number of ways. This can go where our word of faith theology is concerned. Everybody that comes to church doesn't know they'll have what they say. And, and we all need to remember there was a time we didn't know we would have what we say. There were times most of us said, just dying to go, dying to get there, tickles me to death. Oh, I would never say that now. Now you would never say that. But there was a time. Let me see, who can I preach to? <laughs> DJ, there was a time that that's what we did. Oh, hallelujah. I'm just wore out. Day late and a dollar short. Amen. Now, now I know you're contradicting me. But I'm trying to get a point across to you. That's how we used to talk. And if we hadn't got a hold of something and somebody helped us see, that's not what you need to do. The Lord used Charles Capps to help me see that. Through the story that he told about the power of your words and how a guy will walk through his basement and see that water heater that's about to go out and say, oh, one of these days, that hot water heater's going to blow up and it's just going to burn this house down. And he said, that guy's got angels, that believer has angels around, and he said, that hot water heater blows up, and the angels stand around and say, let her burn. <laughs> Amen. Man, I heard that in, that in that first tape series I got of his called Faith, Law of the New Covenant. And I heard that. And every time I'd start to say something negative, I'd hear, let her burn. <laughs> See, I, I didn't have the, I didn't have, I didn't have the, the, uh, the luxury, if you will, of having a word of faith church that I was going to. The pastor that, that I was going to their church, they weren't preaching the word of faith. What I was getting was I was getting it on my own. Amen. But God showed me through that message, you need to watch what you say. And I had to temper myself because I wanted to go out and make sure everybody else was watching what they say. They start to say something negative. 
This is what you're doing. This is what we want you to do. Right? And, and, and I hurt some people. Not because I didn't like them, but because I jumped on them. Amen. My, my daughter was in the hospital. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't keep doubt out of the hospital. My daughter was in the hospital. I didn't even put the pastor's name on the right to visit list. And people would ask me why. I said, because she's going to come up here and speak a bunch of unbelief. Now, I, should, I shouldn't have said that out loud. But I didn't know. You understand what I'm saying? We got to be cautious. We got to be careful. There are people that come to our churches and will come to our churches. They don't know how to live right. And the only way they're going to learn how to live right is by sitting under the Word and letting the Holy Spirit fix those situations and fix those circumstances. Oh, hallelujah. It's so important. And, and notice what, what <laughs> Paul said, you're not considering those that don't have. Oh, glory to God. I, I got a, a, an illustration for you. Can I use it? I, I had a couple that came to the church. And when this guy came to the church, uh, he was in trouble. I mean, he was in legal trouble. Uh, him and this, this young lady, and, and I'll kind of fast forward. She's now his wife. But they were, they were living together. And I, I, I'm telling you what, it was a, it was a mess of a deal. I, I mean, she was still married to another guy and living with him. And, and th this young man, uh, they, were, they were down drinking on a holiday in their apartment. And, and another guy from upstairs or something, I don't remember all of it exactly, but he came down and, and was asking them to be quiet or whatever. And uh, this man that I'm talking about just beat the stuffing out of him. I mean, just whooped him. And, and uh, it was bad. And, and I mean, they, they <laughs> that man's uh, he, he, he got in a lot of trouble. And, and was looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 years in prison. And they came to one of the overcomers outreach meetings at the Kansas location, which is for our substance abuse program. And, and they came. And uh, while they were there, the leader of the substance abuse program said, you ought to come to church sometime. And so this would have been on a Friday. And so on the next Wednesday, they showed up at church. Well, I didn't know them. They, I, I thought they were believers at first because they came in the back door and came sit on the front row. Most sinners don't sit on the front row. And I was preaching the word, and I could just see him flipping through the Bible and flipping through the Bible and flipping through the Bible. And after church, they just came up and talked to me. I introduced myself, asked them how they were doing. They were doing fine, and they left. Boy, they were back the next Sunday on the front row, or the next Wednesday on the front row. Well, eventually, long story short, they got saved. Now, I thought they were married. Everybody thought they were married. But now they're saved. Right? Hallelujah. And uh, so one day I'm in the office, and I'm working, and she comes, and... and uh, knocks on, on the door and, and talks to the assistant and, and, and has a question for me. And, and, and she's there uh, in tears, you know, wondering what's going on. She's, she's married to this abusive man and, uh, uh, you know, uh, all these things. And, and uh, you know, he, 
he uh, uh, won't give her a divorce, and, and I'm not for divorce, but in that situation, I mean, it, the, the man had really been abusive. And uh, I said, well, let's do this. Let's pray. I said that the Lord will make even your enemies to be at peace with you. Well, you know, it wasn't long that, uh, well, now I'm figuring out, well, they're not married. Well, it wasn't long God worked that out. What I mean by that is, 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 is that man decided he didn't, you know, he was going to give her her desire. And so they're, they're no longer together. Well, now they sign up to work in the church. Well, one of the things that we have working in a department in the church is if you're going to work in a department in the church, uh, uh, we, we don't need to have you cohabitating with somebody that's not your part, your, your spouse. Well, I got, I got the information. Man, they're hung. Now, here's what I'm trying to get across to you. They are saved. They are filled with the Holy Ghost. They want to do something for God. Right there, I've got the opportunity to turn them away from the things of God or bring them to the things of God. I know you're wondering what I did. I'm going to tell you. It was the Holy Spirit. At that time, Brother Jim was our head usher. This young man wanted to be on the usher team, right? Uh, I think it was Carrie or Yolanda was, was the head greeter. This young girl wanted to be on the greeters. I said, I need y'all to meet with them. Take the, what we have here and explain to them, we want you in the church. We want you to work in the church, but we need to fix this, Right? In love, not y'all are shacking. Well, you know, that, that might be what it was. But, but think about this. If you didn't know shacking was wrong, and you're just enamored with the love of God, God has changed your life. Everything is different. Right? You follow me? The old song they used to sing in the, in the Pentecostal church. You're going to live for Jesus. You got to live. Why? Right. You can't be having a girlfriend and a wife. Well, you know that's true. Want to get to heaven? Can't have no sin. Can't be out dancing and drinking gin. Well, that's true. I mean, Right? So, hallelujah. You know, you, know, you know what they did? They said, when can we set up a time to get married? Right? Now, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to even shade the truth. They lived together for a few months after they got saved. Why didn't you tell them they need to separate? Then I can separate them from the truth. My knowledge cannot outweigh my love. Right is right. Y'all know I'll tell the truth. Right is right. But it's the way you apply it. Have you ever been stopped by an officer of the law, state trooper, or maybe a municipal policeman? I'm not asking you to raise your hand. But 
The point is, have you ever encountered one that was just abrasive? And just like, you're stupid, you're ignorant, you're driving too fast. What's wrong with you? What fire are you going to? We, I mean, it's like, whoa. I got stopped one time by a trooper going to uh, Kansas. And uh, I, I really wasn't aware of how fast I was going. I was, I was meditating on some things and didn't put the cruise control on. And you know, when you don't put the cruise on, your foot gets heavy. And I looked, and there was the lights behind me. Oh, Lord. I didn't want to get stopped because I'd hear it from my wife. Mm. Anyway, he, he stopped, and I reached over and got my license, my registration, insurance, and, and got in my pocket and got my, my driver license out and my concealed carry permit. I wanted him to know you know, all these things, and, and, and I gave it to him, and, and he said, uh, he looked at my license, he goes, well, how are you today, Mr. Steele? I said, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing great. I said, uh, he goes, are you in a hurry? And I said, well, I said, sir, I, I really just wasn't thinking about it. He goes, well, we're working with aircraft today, and uh, aircraft got you at this number speed. I said, well, you're, he said, would you agree with that? I said, well, I don't know, but you're, if you're probably right. He said, also, you were driving in the left lane for quite a while. And he said, you know, here in Missouri, uh, we want you to drive in the left lane when you pass and then get over in the right lane. And that was about the tone he was using. And then he just leaned on, leaned on my window and he said, okay, I see your information here. He goes, here, you can have this back and I'll go. Uh, he said, now I'm going to have to write you a ticket. I was almost ready to say, please, write me a ticket. Make it a big one. I mean, he was just so nice. And I had broken the law. Now, I know some people don't look at speed as breaking the law, but I'd made a mistake. Man, he came back and just was talking about the weather, how good the day was. I mean, I left cheery. I left full of joy. I got a ticket. I got, I got a ticket. Pray. I got it. called my wife. Honey, I got a ticket. Now, that might be a slight exaggeration, but boy, that, that, what a difference. Amen. I got stopped by an officer one time. I was going to Gardner, Kansas. I was going to teach in our, in our uh, uh, class that we had in the county jail, and uh, I won't take a long time with this, but there was an area of, of the, the street there that it abruptly changed from like 50 miles an hour to 40 miles an hour, and you had to watch it, and the officers, God bless them, they, they sat right there where it changed. And I only got her down to about 45. And he stopped me and pulled me over. And he said, uh, oh, well, Mr. Steele, you know where you headed? I said, well, I'm headed out here to the jail. I teach a substance abuse class, Bible study out there. And, and I saw him. He looked at me. He goes, oh, are you a pastor? I said, yes, sir. And I saw he was hesitating. I almost prayed in tongues. No ticket. I could see he was hesitating. Because he was going like, what do I do? I, I'll be right back. And he went back to his car, and he brought me a ticket.
Here's what, here's what got me. He gave me the ticket, and he said, God bless you. <laughs> As he gave me the ticket. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know who felt worse, me forgetting it or him forgiving it to me. Uh, but but, but no, notice what I'm saying. I can, I can say something is, needs to be changed without losing the love. Here's why. I'm going to get into this. We are the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. And, and, and this is important. And you know, uh, that couple that I told you about earlier, they got married. They got married, got on fire for God. They were at every night of six days of faith. They're still on fire for God. I went to court with him. I went to court with him. And uh, uh, some of y'all in here, some of y'all in here know him, and, and you knew him from the beginning, to see the night and day difference. And on the way to the court, the Lord said, uh, they're going to ask you to speak today, and when you speak, the anointing's going to come on you, and you're going to see a victory. Amen. And so they asked me to speak, and I just made this statement. I said, Your Honor, I don't know anything about what else is going on. I said, but here's what I can tell you. The man that's sitting here today is not the man that I met about two years ago. And everybody that talked to him said that, about him said that. Well, here's the point. It went from 20, facing 25 years in prison to that's out of the way. And then they said this number of years uh, supervised uh, uh, probation or whatever. And the judge said, no, we're, we're not going to do that. And uh, so he walked out of there. The only thing he had to pay was restitution. And he needed to get an apartment away from the victim. But they couldn't find an apartment. They didn't have the money to get in an apartment. I went to court with them on Wednesday morning. Wednesday night, we're coming to church. There's some townhomes by the church. I pull up, and he's in the garage. And I, and I stopped, and I said, hey, what are y'all doing? And they said, we, we, we came by here today just to see if it was for rent. And the guy said, yes, you can move in today. And you don't have to give me any money. I'll give you the first month's rent free. And just, just move in. Hallelujah. And God gave them the money that they paid that restitution off in three months. Sometimes I think back on that and I think the opportunity was there to just destroy a life. Amen. Do, do you see that? If people are coming to church, they're looking for something. They want help. They, they like what they're sensing. Amen. Understand what I'm saying? Wrong is wrong. And right is right. But it's how we approach it. Oh, glory to God. Now, now notice here in uh, verse 23. I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered to you the night the Lord Jesus uh, was betrayed, took bread, and when given thanks, you break it, said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat uh, this bread and drink this cup, you do show or you retell the story of the Lord's death till he comes. Hallelujah. So, so 
So he says, we're retelling the story. Let, let me say something else here about knowledge. You know, we don't know everything. You don't know everything about a situation. Aren't you glad? I don't know everything. I, I've learned people say, well, Pastor, what would you do here? Well, let me, let me think about it. Let me pray. I, don't, I, I mean, what I may do may not be what you need to do. Amen. You know, I've come under some fire sometimes for not being uh, political enough. For not preaching this candidate or that candidate. I, I'm not called to preach candidates. I'm called to preach the gospel. Maybe I'll come over here. I'm not, I'm not called to preach Canada. I'm not called to preach the Constitution. I'm called to preach the gospel. The founding fathers are not Bible. I, I, I believe in them. I, I believe what they said. I believe what they did. We have, the, in my opinion, the greatest nation on the earth. But here's my point. I've read heavily after the fathers of our faith. And there were so many of them that were ministering the word during the Revolutionary War. And you know what you don't find in their journals and in their diaries? Extensive talk about the war. Or about the political scene. Why? They said, we've got too much to do planting churches, getting people saved, spreading the gospel. Well, pastor, aren't you a patriot? Yes, but I'm a Christian first. Hallelujah. So see, that, that knowledge above love. I'll tell you what. And, and people, don't, don't they know they don't need to wear a mask? What are you saying? And why are you saying it? What if that mask makes them feel comfortable? Well, they ought to get over it. Okay. But how would you have felt when you were dealing with some stuff if they would have just looked at you and said, you need to get over it. You want help. Amen. Right? I, I see preachers preaching on TV saying that if you took a vaccination, you compromised the gospel. That's strong language. Hallelujah. Amen. And then I hear preachers say, if you, if you didn't get a vaccination, you don't care about other people. Well, that's strong language too. Where's the answer? Somewhere in the middle. If eating meat offered to an idol is not a sin, you're going to tell me I compromised the gospel if I got a shot? What Bible you got for it? Knowledge over love. Amen. But that same person, if they were going on a missions trip to Africa, they would have to get a yellow fever vaccination. They would have to get a malaria vaccination. You can't get in without it. I know. I've been there. And they'll take that. 
Amen. Well, but that's different. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Amen. Do, do, do you understand why, why I'm saying this? Because that, that just goes down, the, goes down the line. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why that person's sick. You don't know why they're sick. You don't know. I said, you don't know. I'll tell you what, they just need to repent, and then they could get healed. How do you know? How do you know? They might be living cleaner than you. Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you what, they must have offense or something. Says who? Says who? That might be the problem, but it may not be. Well, hallelujah. See, we're talking about the body. We're talking about the body. You can't just jump to those decisions that way. Hallelujah. Well, that, that couple's having trouble in their marriage. Well, let me tell you, if you were married to him. Well, says who? I'll tell you what, if you had to live with her. Says who? Where'd you hear that from? Do you remember what the book of Galatians says? It says, brethren, he said, if a brother is overtaken in a fault, he said, you that are spiritual, restore them. That doesn't mean there's no correction. It doesn't mean that you don't say what's right. It says the end goal is restoration. You never want a body where everybody knows everybody else's problem. This is what you need to do. Maybe that's what you needed to do. But it may not be what I need to do. What's the Bible say about faith? It says if you have faith, and he was talking about faith, to eat the meat that's offered to an idol, he said if you have faith, have it to yourself. There might be people throughout the pandemic, you never wore a mask and you never got a vaccination and, and you never got sick. Well, God bless, praise the Lord. I'm glad, I'm grateful that that happened for you. But don't be pushing your faith off on somebody else that's not at the same level. Mm -hmm. Amen. Why? Because you despise the body. You despise the body. I remember one time we were, uh, uh, we had been invited to speak. Now, a, a, a Baptist group had invited us to speak at their camp meeting. And uh, 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 my dad was pastoring a church at the time. And, and uh, he said, now we're going over. And he said, now remember, he told everybody, now remember, uh, they don't believe in speaking in other tongues. And he said, so if you get real exuberant, just shout in English. And so we were sitting on the front row, and man, you know, there's two things I remember in that meeting. The Holy Spirit started moving in the Baptist church. And the same Holy Spirit that was moving on those Baptist folks was the same Holy Spirit I have. I just might have had a fuller measure. 
But there's a, a young man that was there with us, and, and he was a younger minister. And he just, he was standing beside the pastor of the church, the Baptist church. You know, God bless him. He just out starts speaking in tongues. All right? Well, here's the thing. The pastor looked at him. It bothered him. Well, he shouldn't have been bothered. He didn't know. You know, we were never invited back to that church. No, it's not okay. Because it burnt a bridge. It burnt a bridge. They never invited us back. You understand why I'm saying that? Is speaking in tongues right? Absolutely right. It's, it's one of the things that, that God has given to us. But if I care about the body, if I care about the body, then I know what's right, right? But I don't have to demonstrate it around people that don't understand it. Amen. Am I helping you all with this? Now, now notice here, verse uh, 27. Who, whosoever will eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself and let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Now, here's something I want you to see. The first issue, he said, was divisions. The second issue was carnality. He says here in this third issue that there's something more drastic happening than divisions or carnality. He says people are dying because of this. You see that? What? Not discerning the Lord's body. Now, I realize this, and I teach this, that that, that can be not ascribing the worth to the elements that we're going to partake of. But the perfect context is not caring about your brother. You're not discerning the Lord's body. And he said there are people that are getting sick and dying because of this. Oh, hallelujah. The body as we said, it's not just the elements. It's the body. You know, as a pastor, I care about how my appearance in the community reflects on you. That matters to me. Because it affects the body. Right? The, the way I approach things, the way I do things, as a member of a local church, it affects the body. It doesn't just affect me, it affects the body. And Paul's saying, notice, he says, we should judge ourselves and we won't be judged. Judge ourselves for what? Despising the members of the body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you look at your fellow church member, your brother, your sister in Christ, 
and you say, I love you. Remember what the Bible talks about love. It says love suffers long. Love is kind. Love bears up under any and everything that comes. Love is not self-seeking, self-serving. Love puts the other person first. So love doesn't look at someone and say, how can I correct them? Love looks at them and says, how can I help them? There might be correction. Correction's involved in love. But how do I help them? Amen. If, if you see somebody dealing with something, in, instead of trying to figure out what's wrong with them and why they're not getting it, how about coming alongside of them and saying, how can I help them get it? If they're not getting it, how can I come alongside them and help them? Glory to God. That's unity. And Paul's saying, notice, just judge yourself. Just, just, just judge yourself. I've, I've noticed this. I'm, I'm, I'm nearly done. I've got about two minutes. I've noticed this sometimes in, uh, in uh, you know, word and faith circles. Is that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hear things. We'll hear messages. And we, we've got to temper that with the whole of Scripture. In other words, if you know somebody that's sick, they're not necessarily sick because they did something wrong. Well, if they had enough faith, you, you can't say that. I said you can't say that. Because listen, I know where my faith's at. I know what I do with my faith. And I've faced challenges before. Physical challenges. And if somebody would have come up to me and said, well, it's because you don't have enough faith, I'd have just laughed at them. Well, I'll tell you why they're sick. They have unforgiveness. You don't know that. You don't know that. Well, they're offended. You don't know that. Hallelujah. But then you'll have believers getting under condemnation and getting under shame because they're checking all these boxes off. Not offended. Not living in sin. I know I have faith. Then the only thing's left is what's the problem? There's a devil loose. You live in an earth that's under the curse. And it tries to get on you. I, I'm, now I'm not saying you shouldn't. Check those boxes at times. If, if you're offended in active offense, it can stop you from walking in God's greater blessings. But here's the point that I'm making. Don't just assume that person's sinning because they're dealing with this. Or they don't have faith because they're dealing with this. Hallelujah. We want to rightly discern the body. And when we rightly discern the body, the blessings of God flow. Not only in the church as a whole, in your life. If you, and, and gentlemen, you can start passing out these elements. If, if you would make this a point in your life, you would find the joy and the peace and the blessings of God would flow in your life unprecedented. Amen. 
When people ask me about certain things, they'll say, what's your opinion on that? What do you think? I say, I don't. I, I, don't, I don't have time to give my, my energy to it. Amen. This is so important. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And one of the reasons it's so important is I just don't know. Nobody knows everything. I just don't know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. And you know, if you see somebody trying, get there and help them. Yeah, but they keep, they keep missing. I know, get in there and help them not. That's what the Bible says. It says, you that are strong, bear the infirmities of the weak. That's how a body functions and flows in the, in the, in the things of God. Look, we'll, we'll help you till you can stand on your own. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. We don't want people that don't want to bring their family to our church because they're concerned what might be said to them. Amen. The Holy Spirit will deal with whatever may need to be dealt with. I, right? Father, let's approach this bread today. Lord, we thank you for what this represents. It represents the body of Jesus Christ. And Lord, the body of Christ while he was on this earth was whole. You desire that the body of Christ be one. And Lord, we thank you today that as we partake of this bread, that we are saying we're the body of Christ in this location. And we're determined to be one, to be whole, to be in unity. And recognize the importance of that unity. In the name of Jesus, amen. You can partake of that bread this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Lord, we approach the cup today. And we thank you, Father, that this cup, according to Jesus, was shed for many for the remission of sin. The remittance. The removal. Lord, we know that this physical cup does not remove it. But it's a symbol of what happened to us when we were born again. And I thank you for every person that's born again here today. That they are aware that they've been completely cleansed from sin. And there's no room for condemnation or shame. Holy Spirit, if there's something in anyone's life that they need to deal with it, deal with, I ask you to show them. 
convince them, convict them, Lord, so that they'll make those changes. In the name of Jesus, amen. You can partake of that cup today. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I'll end with this. If you were dealing with something, the body and the blood of Jesus are now between you and that. That's it. Hallelujah. God's good to us. Let's stand up today, shall we?